sent his son. They called him Jesus. He came to love, heal, and forgive. He How many enjoyed the band this morning? What amazing, amazing. 
praise and worship. We have probably one of the best praise and worship music I've ever been in in any church around the world. I promise you that. Amen. How many believe that this morning? Amen. Mike, I need to come up just a little bit on my mains. The house speakers need to come up just a little bit. I, uh, I, I want you to know something. Brother Todd has a CD, and if you hadn't got one of his CDs, man, it will bless your life. And uh, right after Women's Revival, Miss Mary and Jen are going into the studio to cut a CD together, so we're excited about that. So... And, and I, I want to say this, man, we're so blessed to have Neil and Donnie and, and uh, Lori and Brother BJ always, Brother Don. And then I looked up there today and my head of security has got a bass drum in his hand. And, and I'm thinking, what's he watching out for? But he's learning and filling in. And man, uh, in the ministry, you never know what you're called to do. Amen. So thank you, J.B. Rice, for uh, filling in this morning. Thank you, Ben, for playing. Uh, the book of James is my favorite book in the Bible. I want to share with you two things you may not know about James. Number one, uh, some of you do know because I talk about it quite often, that James was the brother of Jesus. They had the same mama and different daddies. James was the brother of Jesus. And the second thing you may not know about James was he was a pastor. James was a pastor. He wasn't an evangelist who traveled around. He wasn't a worship leader who sang and played music. James was a pastor. Jesus' brother was a pastor. And this is the book of James. I'm the pastor of Caney Creek Cowboy Church. The first book I've ever read in the Bible was the book of James. James has taught me a lot, brothers and sisters, about how not only to be a, a pastor, but to be a godly man, to be a godly husband, to be a godly friend. Watch this. I want somebody to listen this morning. How many understand what I'm trying to tell you? The Bible has the true word of God inspired and written by different authors. This one here just so happens to be the brother of Jesus. And he's a pastor, an, an amazing pastor. And he has a pastor's heart. And, and, and it's only five chapters. It's not very hard for you to go home today and probably read the whole thing. And it will change your entire outlook on life. I promise you. When I got a hold of this book, it, it, it changed literally my, my whole entire life. I read it and I was like, I'm supposed to do what? I got to stop what? What do I do next? What? James. I want a Bible thump for a minute, and, and, and I want to show you what I've just learned, just in bits and pieces, from the book of James. And then I want to go to what God has laid on my heart this morning from the book of James. But I just want to share with you, I didn't even know that I was going to do this till I was sitting down there, and I was fixing to read over my, my passage, and I grabbed Mary's Bible this morning, and uh, I, I, I opened it, and it's underlined right here, and I started, and I started thinking about all the stuff that I have learned from the book of James. James 1, verse 2. Somebody with me got my Bible? James 1, verse 2 says this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Somebody hear me right now. Perseverance must be finished its work so that you may be mature 
and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. First thing I learned from opening up the book of James, uh, that I need to ask God for wisdom. That I needed to count it pure joy when things ain't going my way instead of laying down in the floor like a big old titty baby and crying my eyes out, wondering why me, why me, why me? Why has it happened to me? I'm saved. I'm born again. I ain't supposed to have a bad day. I ain't supposed to have all these things come against me. The book of James told me to count it all joy because this is my temporary home. Oh, somebody got in your face. Oh, somebody said something you didn't like. Oh, 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 poor pitiful you. James teaches us. Jesus' brother, a pastor. Say pastor. A pastor. He teaches us through his letter, through his word, through his writing to count it all joy. That was the first thing that I learned. Is it easy? Heck no. I won't stand up here before you and tell you every time you talk about me or my wife or my children behind our backs that it's easy for me to take that. Heck no. I won't tell you that every time you disagree with the vision that God has for this church, that, that you don't like it because it's not your way, but I press on and, and some leave and some hate and someone chastise and some blog and some text and some belittle me. Yeah, I don't like that. I promise you I don't like that. But the Lord says, this is my temporary home. So just count it joy. You're doing something for Jesus. You're doing something for Jesus. You may work out there in the concession stand. It may not be the coolest environment, but count it all joy. There may not be enough people on the arena team, but count it all joy. There may not be enough babysitters in the Lamb Center, but count it all joy. You're working for the Master who did so much work for you on the cross. Jesus says, bro, that was the first thing he taught me. Second thing he taught me, look at verse 2, chapter 2. My brothers... As believers in glorious Lord Jesus Christ, don't show favoritism. Support a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in shabby clothes also comes in. Second thing James taught us, Leroy, is we ought not show favoritism. Just because you're a cowboy through and through and you love rodeo and, and bull riding and team roping and I love barrel racing, if somebody comes in and loves computers and they're they an apple junkie, you ought not shun them. They got a big pocket protector and they got 27 pins shoved up in that thing. You ought not shun them because they don't look like you. Same for you big bad bikers. Just because this, 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 th these people over here, they like to mow grass and weed eat and garden. You're not a gardener. You're not going to get on your knees. You shouldn't shun the gardener because I promise you one day you're going to ask them for something to eat. James taught me that we shouldn't play favorites. We should not play favorites. Touch somebody and say, you shouldn't play favorites. That is a gift that I learned. Hey, can I tell you something about me? That's a gift that I learned. I learned that I could talk to anybody, no matter how much money they had or how much money they haven't. I, I learned also that I could love someone regardless of where they lived or how they lived. That's a gift. It was given to me by God. He says in James, don't show favoritism to Nolan and Ellie because they live in Kingwood over someone who lives in Splendora. It's that way, though, ain't it? Some people say, well, I'm going to move over here because that's where the better people live. Well, let me tell you something. There are no better people. 
I have found that out in 10 years of ministry. There are no better people. There are only saved people and unsaved people. There are only saved people and lost people. The third thing I learned from the pastor James. Oh, some of y'all are going to get mad at me. Verse 3 says, tame your tongue. Not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. When he puts bits into the mouth of a horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal around or take a ship example throughout so large and driven by strong winds. They are steers by very small rudders in the back. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes a great big noise. Control your mouth. Control your mouth. James said, you don't like it. You got real quiet, Pastor Mark. You said, I didn't say that. Pastor James said that. If you make it by chance to heaven because you're saved by an amazing grace and you get to heaven and you say, James, I don't like you. You told me to watch my mouth. Don't blame me. I'm just preaching what the Pastor James said in his letter that he wrote and put in the Bible. That you and I should watch our mouth. I just want all the women to stand with me that are coming to Women's Revival. Stand with me. Hold on, hold on, hold on. They won't be clapping in a minute. Not Pastor Mark. Pastor James says to watch your mouth. To watch what you say, how you say it, what you do. You're coming to revival to learn how to talk, to learn how to act like a Christian woman should act. Now give these Christian women a big round of applause as they sign up to go to women's revival. You may be seated. Watch your mouth, kids. Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. Someone come a tattle telling the other day, Brother Mark, little kid said so and so. They were out there cussing. And I said, well, uh, uh, how do you know it's a cuss word? I just know, huh, yeah. You know, James taught Pastor Mark. Pastor James taught Pastor Mark to hold my temper, hold my tongue. It's not easy. I won't stand up here and lie to you and tell you that is an easy feat for me or anyone else in this church. But it can be done. How many of us who have been walking with the Lord now control our tongue a little bit better than we used to? Huh? Oh, y'all keep your hands down. How many really try to hold their tongue? Because that's what James taught. Pastor James. Say, Pastor James. Jesus is brother, a pastor. And the fourth thing, and I'm going to get to the preaching in a minute. We're going to be here for a minute. Number four says, submit yourself to God. What causes fights and quarrels amongst you? Don't they come from the desert that battle within you, the desires that battle within you? You want something, but you didn't get it. You kill and convert. 
but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your own pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world makes you hatred toward God? Anyone who chooses to be friends of the world becomes an enemy of God. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. I learned in James that we should be humble. We shouldn't be proud people. We shouldn't walk around like we're the best thing. Oh, Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. I can't wait to look in the mirror because I get better looking each day. To know me is to love me. I must be a heck of a guy. Oh, Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. None of us are perfect in every single way. James taught me to humble myself. Being used by God is a privilege. Can I say this to you so some of you with the big head get this off this morning? God will take your anointing away. He's done it several times to several men and women in the Bible because they didn't humble themselves. They didn't humble themselves. Who's God talking to this morning? God will take away your pleasures, what you love, what you desire. He will take away just to get your attention because he is a jealous God. He wants you to focus on him, not quarreling and fighting and bickering over this and bickering over that. So I learned that from who? Pastor James. Jesus' half-brother. Same dad, different mom. The fifth thing, and this is where we're at. I learned this this week. Chapter 5, verse 18 is where we're at this morning. Got my Bible? I learned this from Pastor James. The book of James. After Pastor James tells us everything he wants us to hear. He comes back and he tells us one thing that we should all be concerned about this morning. Chapter 5, verse 18. Again, he prayed and heavens gave rain and the earth produced the crops. And then James said, my brothers, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring him back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from their error of his ways will save him from death and cover a multitude of sins. James 5, 19, my brothers, if any one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring him back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from error of his ways will save him from death and cover a multitude of sins. I found that. And I want to share that with you this morning. If you will, give me five minutes to share my heart with you this morning. What James is more concerned about than the tongue, than having the ability to speak to poor or rich, or, 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 or even counting in all joy. At the very end of his letter, Miss Connie, the only thing that James is truly concerned about are those who wander away. Well, that's a pastor's heart right there. He says, I'm concerned about those who wander away at the end of this book. And it's a great book. I want everyone to go home and read it today. Who has wandered 
As a pastor, I'll tell you what I think about. I think about people. At night when I lay my head on a pillow, Miss Tracy, I think about the people in this church who are going through things, who are hurting, who are being blessed. At at night when I lay my head on a pillow, I I think about the Bible. I absolutely love the Bible. I believe in the Bible. I believe in everything the Bible says. But what I think about as a pastor, as my head hits the pillow at night, is the people of this church and how concerned I am for their lives. Each and every person in this church, no one excluded. And you know what a pastor thinks about? A pastor with a true heart for God. When he gets up in the morning, after he's laid his head on a pillow at night, and he's tossed and turned, and he's prayed, and he's sat there, and he's pondered, and he's like, could I said something different? Could I done something different? Maybe if I go and I try this tomorrow, it might work. So as a pastor, with a pastor's heart, and he lays his head on a pillow at night, he, he, he wonders and he concerns over people's problems and their hurts and their habits and their hang-ups and their their, their lack of or they're more of you know what he thinks about when he wakes up in the morning the concern for the people so a pastor with a pastor's heart like james here in the bible go to bed with the people on their mind and they wake up with the people on their mind james jesus's little brother here is a pastor and at the very end of the chapter the very end of his letter, what's on his heart is his concern for people. You and I ought to be concerned for people. You and I ought to be concerned for people. Can I get an amen from somebody? Can I get a real big amen from somebody? You and I ought to be concerned for people. Many people who are concerned about other people find a way to make a difference in other people's lives not just the people around them but also the people who have wandered away james says in his bible he says in his word in his letter my brother if any one of you should wander from the truth that means move from the truth how many see that in today's church people wander from the truth They move in, they move out. One Sunday they're here, the next Sunday they're out. They're here six months and then they wander from the truth. My brothers, if anyone should wander from the truth and someone brings them back. Now, who who is the someone? That's you. You're the spiritual lifeguard. You're the spiritual lifeguard. I'm the spiritual lifeguard. We're all supposed to have kind of a pastor's heart. Can't everybody be the pastor, but we can all have a pastor's heart. And we're supposed to be spiritual lifeguards. And we should swim out. Look at me. We should swim out there and try to get our brothers and sisters and pull them back to shore. My brothers, if any one of you should wonder... And someone brings them back. That someone is a spiritual lifeguard. Remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from his error of his waves and saves him from death and covers a multitude of sins. How many of you got little kids? Raise your hand. How many of them have ever wandered away from you for just a minute? Huh? That is a terrifying feeling. 
I was roping one time at the heart of Texas Coliseum in Waco. They got two big pins. I was, Dalton was only about two years old, and Justin was about five. And Mary had to work that Saturday, and they was a roping. And I said, baby, I need to go this roping. I'm going to win. Please, 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 can I go? She said, you can go, but you got to take the kids. No problem. So I took the kids in between runs. I'd watch them, and I'd make Justin five, watch his little brother too. Boy, I was brilliant, wasn't I? And they had two pins, one outdoors and one indoors, and you'd rope your first cow in the first pin, and you'd rope your second cow in the second pin. And I remember going from one pin, catching my first cow, and getting a great time, and had that on my mind. I was excited. And I remember they said, I, I knew I was going to be up about 10 more cowboys down, so I had to get to the next pin. I looked at Justin, and I said, Justin, now watch your little brother. Daddy will be back in a minute. I went over to the next pen and, and, and missed my cow, and I came back, and, and I found Justin, and I was disappointed thinking about the cow, and, and I was thinking about, man, I, that partner must be really mad because he just lost money, and I lost money. And I said, Justin, hold the horse now. We're going to go load him in the trailer. Daddy's done. And we started to walk, and I said, where's Dalton? Justin, where's Dalton? Man, I began to panic. I began to panic. I, I started looking around. Dalton! 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 He was about 20 feet over playing in the dirt. You know, always Mary says he hadn't stopped playing at, in the dirt. <laughs> but for that brief moment, CJ, I felt like I was having a heart attack. I felt like my baby's gone. They're out of here. I can't find them. A pastor feels like that every time somebody wanders away I grasped that last night that's how I feel sometimes when people wander away like I lost someone that I truly love a pastor feels like that James felt like that he thought it was so important in the greatest book of the Bible my opinion that 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 that, that he had to put it at the very end a true pastor feels like that with everyone who wanders away. And James's heart and James's concern are his fatherly connection to the children of God who have wandered away. And it wasn't because James was a bad pastor. It wasn't because it was a bad church. It was because, pay attention, because sometimes people just wander away. Not because it's a bad church. Not because it's a bad pastor, not because it's bad church family. It's because sometimes people just wander away. There are three ways I think people wander, and I want to share those with you real fast. Some people wander theological. They love the Bible. They love what the Bible says. They were brought up on the Bible. Dad drug them to church. Mama drug them to church. Or they even came as a young adult, got saved, got on fire for God. And all of a sudden, they had a love for the Bible. But one day, they had a change of heart. Well, maybe I don't believe everything the Bible says. Theological, some people wonder theologically. Well, I, I don't really know if Jesus was really the Son of God. I'm really not too sure that he was born of a virgin. How could that happen? You believed at first, but now you're thinking, well, is everybody really going to hell? I don't think the God who loves me is really going to allow any of my family 
to go to hell. So a lot of people wander away theological. Really, God don't love the homosexuals? No, that's not what the Bible says. God loves the homosexual. God loves the drunkard. God loves the liar. God loves the thief. And by the grace of God, there go I. God love me. But theological, a lot of people leave and wonder. They start second-guessing the true word of God. Not just in the book of James, but also the book of Revelations. Hey, can I get this in your mind? Also the book of Genesis, the Garden of Eden. I had a guy one tell me, time tell me, he said, do you really think it's a woman's fault that we're in the situation that we're in? I said, no. I think it was both their fault. I said, I, I think that God gives us all a choice. Theologically, some people leave the church, and i tell you why. And this rose up in my head because a lot of people think, well, I got a friend, and they're a pretty good guy, but they don't go to church. They believe, but they don't believe like I believe. I don't know. People wonder sometimes, one, theologically. Another, number two, I think some people wonder, Mary, morally. I think they, their morals are in the wrong place. Does anybody hear me today? We live in a country where people don't care about morals anymore. But the church of God should care about their morals. James taught us that. Where's the church at this morning? The church of God, the church of Caney Creek Cowboy Church should care about their morals, how they look, how they appear, what they say, where they go, who's going to see them when they get there. You can drive any car you want to to the double X shop. But eventually, somebody's going to know you were there. You can hide your sin for a long time, but you can't hide your sin any time from God. Somebody ought to hear me today. Other people wander away. James is so concerned about those who wonder. I know what the Bible says to do, but morally, I just don't want to do it. I just choose to go ahead and, and live the way that I want to. And Brother Mark, I'm going to get to heaven just like you because I'm saved. Well, saved people who love God says out with the old and up with the new, they change their ways. Bible says, by your fruits I'll know you. Did you know that my Lord and Savior, when you stand, somebody quit talking and start listening. So, Did you know that when you stand before the Lord, you're going to be judged? And get this in your mind this morning, that you will be judged by Jesus. And he says, I'm a great fruit inspector. And your fruit says you did anything you wanted to. You, were, you, you lived a, 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 any way you wanted to. What? You lied with, with, with who? And you did what? And you got eight babies by this one. You never supported what? You did this. Jesus is going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. Do you know how many people are going to hear that? That hear that this morning? Did anybody grab what I just said? Do you know how many people are going to hear, depart from me, I never knew you that heard that just now? Unless you change your ways. You can't live any way you want to and live for Jesus. It does not work that way. But a lot of people, they wander off. 
They leave. They leave Jesus. They leave the church. They leave the community of God. They leave the family. Why? Because they want to live a moral life. They want to party. They want to have sex with whoever they want to. They want to spend their money any way they want to. They're tired of spiritual authority. They're tired of this and they're tired of that. You're going to be tired of the lake of fire, I promise you, if you don't start living a moral life. Oh, 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 Pastor James said that. I'm just repeating what I read. A short time ago, I had a conversation with a young man. He said, Pastor Mark, I can't come to church no more. I said, why? He said, well, I got my girlfriend pregnant. I said, you did what? He said, I got my girlfriend pregnant. I, I can't come to church no more. I said, well, you can still come to church. Everybody makes mistakes. Mostly everyone who's sitting out here this morning makes mistakes. I said, you can still come to church. He said, no, pastor, I'm going to move in with her. I said, don't do that. I said, don't do that. You're not married to her. He said, I know, but I got her pregnant and I got to get a job and I, I got to go to work and her daddy's going to make us move in together and this and that and the other. And I, and, and I said, morally, none of that sounds good. I wasn't scared to tell him either like some of you are scared to tell your own children. Whose toes did that step on? Some of you are scared to tell your own spouse. The people that you love, your brothers, your sisters, your, your grandmas, your grandpas. I talked to a guy who lost his mama yesterday at a rodeo. I said, Brother Mike, I'm sorry to hear about your mama. I loved her. and I know you loved her, and I, 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 I'm sorry. He said, Brother Mark, my mama lived like a hellion the first 63 years of her life. But the last 20, she lived for Jesus. He said, Brother Mark, my mama was a streetwalker. He said, Brother Mark, my mama was an alcoholic. Brother Mark, my mama shot a guy. Brother Mark, my mama. He said, but the last 20 years she got saved. She lived for Jesus. See, if you're in the house of God today and you're not living for Jesus and you're living a moral lifestyle, man, you, you need to follow Christ. Quit wandering away from the truth. A lot of times people wander because, and I told someone this the other day, I, they, they just wonder because the word of God is so strong and so true and so right. That I don't even like to hear it some days. I don't even like to swallow it some days. Especially when I'm angry. Especially when I'm upset. Especially when I feel like quitting like I do sometimes. Paul said it's not how you start your race. Boy, you should have seen the look on that cowboy's face yesterday. When he knows his mama's going to be in heaven. Not that she was a prostitute, not that she was a drunk, not that she shot a guy, not that she was mean, not that she was angry. It was that she got saved and changed her whole life, stopped living a moral life, stopped trying to make the Bible fit her life, and made her life fit the Bible. I told that young man, I wish you wouldn't go. I wish you wouldn't go. But I want to. I'll enjoy it. It'll be fun. Just let me try it once. People today are morally wandering around doing whatever they want to. I know what the Bible says, but I just like to do it my way. And the last thing I think, look, I'm done. The last thing I think people morally, Jenna, walk away is relationshiply. It's a relationship thing. You know, this is when they are coming to church. 
when they're coming to Caney Creek Cowboy Church or they're going to any other church and all of a sudden they just wander away. You don't see them no more. They don't call. They don't text. They don't answer our phone calls. You see them at the store and they go down a different aisle than you're on. You don't see them at Wednesday night service. You don't see them at an arena event anymore. They just relationshiply, they walk away. That is a word. I looked it up, relationship. Relationship. They just get tired of having a relationship with God's people. They get tired of having a relationship with their pastor. They get tired of having, watch, 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 watch. They get tired of having a relationship with they know what's right. And they choose to do what's wrong. Get tired of having a relationship with you. Don't come on Wednesday night, Sunday night. This is when they don't call us. They don't talk to us. We don't know what's going on in their life. We try to call them. We try to text them. We try to check on them. We try to talk to them. But they don't tell us what's going on. They don't want to be in a relationship with God's people anymore. They don't want to be under the authority of the church. They don't want to be under their pastor's authority. They, want, they, don't, they, they just want to be vulnerable. You know who people who break relationships with churches are? They're like sheep who are left out to the slaughter. Oh, somebody ought to hear me today. If one sheep, which is you the sheep, God is the chief pastor. Jesus is the chief pastor. And then he put me to be the pastor of this church. And you are no what? You're the sheep. And what happens to one sheep who gets out there by themselves? The wolf has a chance to devour them and kill them. When you're out there by yourself, you're looking for trouble. Somebody ought to hear me today. It only takes missing one Sunday, breaking relationship. only takes missing one Wednesday night, breaking relationship. It only takes taking the kids to a sporting event this Sunday. And next week, you know what? The devil's going to have a three-day playoff. And it's just so happy going to end Sunday night. But not, you got to be there Sunday morning. The Bible talks about Jesus is the chief shepherd. And the pastors, not just this pastor, but pastors who pastor churches, they're the shepherds. And the people who are Christians, they're the sheep. And a sheep who is all by himself is what? Dead! Dead, 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 complete, done, over with, kill, gone, dead. And what I'm not talking about here is people go from one Bible-believing church to another Bible-believing church to another Bible-believing church to another. I'm not talking about those who church hop. I'm talking about those people who want. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about people who leave our church over issues and, and debates and they don't like this, they don't like that, and they go to another church. Well, guess what? They'll find things they don't like at that church too. That's not what I'm talking about this morning. Relationshiply and fellowshiply, what I'm talking about are these people who want nothing to do with any church or any family of God. They're just wandering away. They're dead. James thought it was so important to put it at the, the back of his letter that he put in the Bible. He thought, it, he thought it was so important, Carl. And I'll tell you why, and I want you to understand that every one of us, not just me, I tell you this for years, it's not just up to me to go get the sheep. It's up to all of us to go get the lost sheep. What are we talking about this morning? 
is someone who turned their back on God. Turned their back on the church and just wandered away. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. But I'm willing to take the risk. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what's going to happen to me. But Pastor Mark, I'm willing to take the risk. Look, man, you're a sheep. You're a sheep. And if you're not in the sheep pen and, and the shepherd don't have his eye on you and the shepherd's not telling you where to go to get the water, shepherd's not telling you where to go get the food, shepherd's not telling you there's a women's revival coming up, the shepherd's not telling you that, hey, you need to come and be a part of something great, you're going to be out there by yourself and you're going to wind up dead. Can I say this and I'll be done? Don't play with your salvation, Tina. Don't play with our salvation, church. The people who have wandered away, James says, you and I should have a pastor's heart. What do we do with those people, Brother Mark? Well, if you read the whole book of James today, you pray for them. He says you pray for them. But prayer is no good, Miss Melanie, without action. What James tells us, and he says that in his word, he says, go out there and get them. If you know them, go get them. Where's your son? Where's your daughter? They used to go to church. It's your job to go give. What happened to that brother, that sister, that, that cousin, that best friend of yours who, man, was coming to church? He had his wife. He had his children. But he ain't coming no more, Pastor Mark. It's your job, Pastor, to go get him. No, it's all of our jobs. And if you know them more than I know them, you need to go and get them. Teenagers, how full is your youth building? It's your job to go get your friend. Call them, check on them, knock on their door. Imagine that you're in a crowded mall and you can't find your kids. Imagine you're a mom or a dad and you're in a crowded concert and you can't find your kids and you're hollering, where's my kids, where's my kids, where's my kids? Eventually you got to quit hollering and then you got to go get them. James tells the church, his church, he tells his church, he says, go get them. If they're wandering and you know them, go get them. Go get them. When people wander, people who know them should go look for them. I'm going to call them. If I know you, I'm going to tell you what, let me, let me tell you what I do. If I know you and I feel like you're wandering you, number one, you're going to get a call from me. Number two, I got ADD, so you're going to get another call. And then you're going to get another call. And then you're going to get another call. And then you're going to get a text. And then, I don't care what hour it is, you'll get a, one of these. What are you doing? Oh, pastor. So good to come over and let you see us. I hope, yeah, I'm good to see you too. Where you been? What you doing? Missed you? Church loves you. We love you. When are you coming back? Oh, I'll be there Sunday. You sure you look like you're going to tell me a story or something? No, I work all the time, Pastor. That's no excuse not to go to church. That's no, church. That's no excuse to be away from your family. That's no excuse to be away from your God. I wish somebody in my church would agree with me today on this issue at least. Because if you're using that excuse today, I pray God fires you. I pray you get fired this week. Because I'd rather you get fired and go to heaven than stay on the job and go to hell. I'm going to tell you, who, who knows me and knows I'll knock on your door? Who 
knows I'll text you, I'll call you, I'll cheer you up, I'll do anything I can. Where you been, Brother Benny? What you been doing, man, huh? What you doing? I miss all that chewing tobacco on your lips, standing at my door, smiling. Get your butt back to the church. Benny, the only guy I know can smile with a big old wog chewing tobacco in his lip. I'm praying you quit that chewing tobacco, Brother Benny. I had to, man. The Holy Spirit just led me there, man. Can everybody do me a favor? If you see Biddy with chewing tobacco, tell her to quit. Okay, I'm just telling tell, I'm telling you. I'm just telling you. I'm not going to be crude. I'm not going to be rude. I'm not going to be ugly, and I'm not going to be boastful. I'm going to go, and I'm going to knock on your door, and I'm going to call you, and I'm going to text you out of love because I have a pastor's heart. And when you're wandering away, man, I'm worried about you. I'm scared for you. And if you get out of this church and you go to another believing Bible church, man, praise God, we love you. It, that's all secondary anyway. We're one church, one God, go. If you don't like it here, just go. If you feel like God's calling you there, go, man. We love you. We support you. We're going to miss you. I promise we're going to miss you because we love you. But just go. But what I'm talking about is those who turn their back on God. And what I'm going to say is going to hurt some of your hearts today. What really is I'm concerned about is the fathers who lead their sons and daughters. And their wives away from God. That breaks my heart. And I want to let you in on a little secret. I shed a lot of tears. And lose a lot of sleep. Over wandering people. What should we say to wandering people to get them to come back? Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Where are you going? Jesus loves you. What should we say, Pastor Mark, to my cousin, my husband, my wife who's wandered? Jesus loves you. I love you. The church loves you. Whoever turns a sinner from the errors of his ways will save him from death. And cover a multitude of sins. I'll leave you with this. Two questions, Lori. Two questions, church. Have you wondered? And it's time for you to come home. I've been crying over you. So glad you're here this morning. If you've been wondering, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about, because anybody can go to church. That'll make them a Christian. You can go to the garage, that'll make you a car. But on the inside, have you been wandering? You're here physically, you're, you're, you're here, uh, uh, you're here, but you're not all in. Have you been wandering? Second question is, do you know somebody that's wandering? Well, you go get them. Will you talk to them? Please talk to them, man, please. They're that dead sheep, man, and this ain't playing stuff this morning. This is real stuff. If they are wondering or you are wondering, we need to try to go get them. And if you're wondering this morning, you're wondering, you're wondering about things, man, God's got a plan for you. Oh, and by the way, I didn't have this message until I sat down here this morning. Whoever God's talking to, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of rededication. 
Today is the day for you to stop wandering. Stand with me as we pray. I've been doing this church thing for 10 years now. And it bothers me when people go from God, go from Jesus, go from a loving Bible-believing church, every head bowed and every eye closed. Close your eyes. It bothers me. It devastates me to my core. And James thought it was important enough for you and I to hear it this morning. It was the last thing he put in, the, in his letter that he wrote and put in the Bible. The last thing he says, church, have a heart for the wandering people. If you know someone, Cowboy Church, that's not walking with Jesus, go out and get them this week. And why is James telling the whole church? Because he wants the whole church to have a heart for wandering people. Not everyone in church will be the pastor. But everyone in Caney Creek Cowboy Church can have a pastor's heart. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm going to let them play one song. I'm going to let them play for just one minute. Go ahead, guys. And maybe you yourself has been wondering. Come and let Miss Mary pray for you. Let my elders, if my elders would slip up and come down, maybe, maybe you would come. And, and if you've been wondering, you wandered away, and this is the day, my God, come home. Come on, elders. Come on up. And you in the church, if you're not fully committed to God, but you want to today, come today. Say, I come in by coming. I'm, I'm, I, I'm surrendering everything to the Lord. Grab them and pray for them, guys. When they come up, you pray for them. All my elders, come up. Let us pray for you. Stop wondering today and start knowing. Knowing Jesus. Pray for them, guys. Come right now. Don't miss this opportunity this morning. You've been wandering around, wondering what your purpose is. Wondering why you even exist. Give your life to Jesus today. Just like that man did yesterday. Yes, Lord. Maybe you're dealing with some issues. You just want to come and bring them to God at the altar. I'm going to let them play one more time. If you just want to come and pray, you don't want anybody to pray with you, just come and kneel down and pray. Sometimes the best prayers are unspoken prayers. Just come to the altar. If you don't want to pray, just come and kneel at the altar.
got something out of this service today. Maybe you know somebody wondering, man. Use one of our ministries to bring them in. God, thank you for this Sunday. Thank you for the book of James, the pastor James, who had a heart for the wandering people. Thank you for putting that in our heart, too. Maybe your next door neighbor, maybe your mom, maybe you need to hear Jesus loves you and he loves you unconditionally give him your heart tell them to give him his heart he says I know the plans I have for you Lord as we close this service if you're here today and you've never invited Jesus into your heart pray with me right now just say Lord come into my heart and save me today I make you my Lord and Savior. You have to say this part. Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sin. But I'm through wondering, Lord. And I'm going to start knowing you more. From this day forward, I give you my heart. If you prayed that with me today, let me see your hand. Just slip it up. Don't worry about anybody else. One, two, three, four, five, six, amen, seven, amen. Amen. Thank you, Seven. The magnificent Seven. God's going to do great things with you. I want you to write your name down on a piece of paper, and I want you to put it in our offering barrel at the back because I want to talk to you personally. I want to set it up for you to know him more. If you're here today, and you need to rededicate your life to the Lord, can I ask the church of Caney Creek Cowboy Church to please put their all in this morning? You, you, you heard from God this morning. And you know if you're wondering in any area. I put on my little old Facebook, Lord, the other day that we need to stop wondering and start trusting. Let's trust him today. If you're here today and you need to rededicate your life to the Lord, say to him right now, Lord, I rededicate my life to the Lord. Morally, theologically, relationshiply. I rededicate my life to you. Here I am, Lord. Use me. If you rededicate your life this morning, let me see your hands. Raise your hand. Oh, hallelujah. God, I can't count that high. Come on, put your hands up. You rededicate your life to the Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise your holy name. Lord, I thank you for our time together. Oh, it's been amazing today. You get the glory, God, not I. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody give God a praise. You may be seated.